There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. As a guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days in the field. This show is about translating my hard-won experiences into tips and tactics that'll get you closer to your ultimate goal, success in the field. I'm Remy Warren. This is Cutting the Distance. It's mid-August, the sun is out, and there are already quite a few seasons underway. Antelope being one, but mule deer seasons are definitely starting to kick off as well a lot of places across the West. And just like us, as things start to heat up, animals need a cool drink of water. So this week, I'm going to cover strategies for hunting water, including how to pick a water to hunt, how to set up for your best chance at a shot, and how drought might actually help you out. But first, I want to share the story of that time I shot an antelope in my underwear. The first archery antelope tag that I ever had in the state of Nevada was on a year that I actually had drawn nearly everything that I put in for, which is crazy. That's the first time it happened and the only time that's ever happened. Um, there was a few tags I didn't draw, but man, I had a lot of good tags that year. A couple different elk tags. I drew some good mule deer tags. And it was all during archery season, kind of before my guiding season. So it was like from August 1st through beginning mid-September. So I didn't have a lot of time to devote to hunting pronghorns. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to find a good water hole and hunt that. And my buddy had actually had, my buddy Mike had had that tag the year before and found a good water and got a good buck. So I was like, sweet. Uh, I'm going to go check those areas out. So I went up early scouting in the summertime. I, I didn't have trail cameras at the time, but I did check out a few different waters. I kind of had a plan. I was like, all right, this is my plan. So I ended up shooting a deer. I drew a, actually a limited entry California mule deer tag and, and got a really nice buck. And I was like, all right, sweet. I think there was 
the last weekend left in the pronghorn season. So that was like on a Friday or something. So I like had a couple days left. So I'm like, sweet. So I drove all night, got to my antelope spot. As I pull in, I'm like just checking the waters. I'm like, okay, I'm going to set up a blind, check the first water dry, check the next water dry. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not going to work out for me. But the place I really wanted to hunt was a lot further away. And I'm like, well, I'll just, I'm going to keep going because that's where I was going to hunt anyway. So I get there and sure enough, water. I'm like, sweet. But it was like a three inch mud puddle. I'm like, well, they've got a water somewhere. This is the only other water I can think about. And um, the water's a lot smaller. It was hot. So I set up my blind that night and uh, went and slept for a few hours. And then got up and walked in. It walks maybe I don't know, two miles. It's a good walk. Um, I get into the blind and set up. And I'm waiting. And as the sun's coming up, I'm like, man, am I going to see anything? And sure enough, sun lights up. And there's all these antelope out in this big flat. I'm like, cool. This is awesome. Uh, glassing around. There's a really good buck. So the buck comes in. And some of the does are there. And they, I think they, they just didn't really like the way the blind was sitting. I don't know if it was just the fact that it was fresh or new, but there's just something, maybe just like the wind or something. They just didn't really like it. So the does came in, they kind of drank a little wary and then kind of spooked off and then came back. And then they were a little more comfortable, a little more calm and started drinking. And then the big buck started coming in. So I'm like, all right, here we go. This is it, man. First morning, nice buck. This is going to work out. So the buck comes in and he's kind of like, came in straight across and he's drinking but he's quartering to me i'm like all right this will work so he puts his head down drinking i think okay i'm gonna just shoot while he's distracted by drinking so i I let him start drinking because he came in didn't drink kind of went out and then started came back in and started drinking so i'm like sweet he's quartering to me i draw back i put it inside his shoulder thump release the arrow it's like 30 five maybe 40 yards and that buck jumped to that string so fast that that arrow by the time that arrow got there that buck was not even anywhere close i mean he just matrixed that arrow and i was like wow i mean i've stalked in on antelope and i'd never seen an antelope up until that point really jump the string and that thing was just he was keyed in and just out of there i'm like oh man bummer did i just blow it like i've got one pretty much one day to hunt this thing like i was pretty bummed so get out of the blind all the antelope are gone i like hike up to the little rise and i'm glassing and i do not see any other antelope i'm like god dang it man it's like do i just start walking around or i just try a different spot and i was like i'll just sit in the blind so i'm sitting on the blind and i'm like man it's gotta be a hundred and i don't even know i i wasn't as prepared as I probably should have been. So it had to have been 110 or plus degrees. I don't even know. Maybe a lot more inside that blind. I was just, it was like my brain was cooking in there. So I'm like, gosh, dude, I'm not good at sitting. I'm like, all right. But I'm thinking this is probably the best way to get a buck in this short amount of time. So sitting there, it's like the middle of the day. I'm just cooked. I'm like, dude, this is so hot. So I just take my shirt off and I'm like sweating and there's no breeze and I'm like, oh, it feels better because it was just so hot. So I take my shoes off. I'm like, okay, it's like nothing around. I can see for miles. I'm like, nothing's gonna happen. So I'm in the blind. It's like take my shoes off. I'm like, oh, I'll just take my pants off too. <laughs> so I take my pants off. And I'm like sitting there, I'm like finally it's like 
God, starting to feel a little bit better. So I'm just like distracted and I look up and there's an antelope buck standing in the middle of the water hole, just like slurping down the water. I thought I could see everything. And all of a sudden, boom, antelope like in the water hole. I don't even know how it got there. He must have sprinted from five miles away when I was just distracted. I'm like, oh crap. So I I don't even think I had my release on. I was just on the ground because I just like was cooling off and wasn't expecting anything. So I'm like, crap. So I put my release on, like got to get my, my, everything's disheveled. The buck's still there drinking, drinking, drinking. I draw back, aim, shoot, boom, hit the buck. Perfect shot. I mean, he didn't even go 10 feet. And I had my first waterhole antelope, pretty much completely unexpected, sitting there hunting in what I would consider my modern-day loincloth. Hunting water might sound easy, like, oh, you can shoot a buck in your underwear. It's really not. I mean, there's a very mental game to it. And there's a lot of things that can go wrong in a lot of places. You could sit an entire season and not have anything come in. So picking a water is kind of crucial to this whole thing working out. And every species is a little bit different. But I did want this episode to be not just about antelope waterhole hunting, but more just about hunting over water. So I think when it comes down to Picking a water source, and this is a main theme with anything you're hunting, but you have to first kind of analyze what those animals are looking for. So if I was hunting antelope, I kind of look for more isolated water pockets, like where they have to go to a certain water hole and one that's out in the open because they can use their eyes, they can run in. The more open it is, probably the more antelope are going to use it. And the nice thing about antelope is they don't necessarily get super freaked out about blinds. Now, if I was hunting deer, I actually think deer are a little bit the opposite. They like more sheltered, brushy areas. So if there was tall sage around the water, if there's some a canyon or something like that, they're more likely to use that where they kind of, they've got that edge of cover nearby. And actually mule deer tend, I find, tend to use longer waters. So whereas antelope will use those isolated waters, if given an option, a mule deer will probably drink out of a creek over like a a pocket. They'll hit springs as well, but they like those waters that like maybe has a spring and then runs where they can go in water and they don't have to drink at the same place every day. Now, if there's no other options, they'll do that. But mule deer like to kind of not fall into that same pattern, whereas antelope will pick a water source and can be pretty predictable on it. And then when it comes to like elk, it's a little combination of all of those. I've seen elk just out in like a trough out in the big flats below the mountain. And then I've seen them, you know, hitting obviously springs, wallows, whatever. But I do find, especially earlier, you know, elk, you can kind of find on bigger water sources because they're, it's a big herd and they kind of all want in there. They all want some action. They might want to roll in it. The cows might want to splash around in it. And it's kind of like where those cows want to go. So they want those bigger water holes where they can, especially if it's hot, where they can roll around, where they can get wet, where it's not just a little tiny seat if they've got the option. So those are just a couple little things that I think about. But when it comes down to picking a water, really activity is key. And then understanding that activity. So now there's the ability to leave a trail cam on a water and you can decipher 
oh, well, what's here? What's coming in? You know, you can go put a camera on every water and then figure it out. But as trail cameras become illegal in a lot of places, or maybe you don't have them, it's really good to understand how to find active water holes without the use of trail cameras, because it's not always an option. And so the way that I do it, and I've, I've done this before trail cameras and during trail cameras, doesn't really matter, is I like to do a work backwards approach. So what I do is when I go out and I'm looking for water sources, I first try to spot animals. I'm looking for animals, not water. So I go out, I scout, or even during a hunt, I'm looking for animals. So if I'm in an area, I'm hunting pronghorn, I'm looking, I'm looking, and I find the buck that I'm like, oh, there's a good buck. Then I work backwards. Now I go, where's the water? Where's this animal watering? Same thing with elk, same thing with mule deer. I hunt and scout and whatever, looking for those animals. I don't necessarily just start looking for the water. Now, maybe I've looked on a map and say, where is the water? And then start going into those areas and looking for animals. And then I go, okay, there's animals here. Now I'm going to go investigate the water sources that I can find. So I'll find the water and I'll say, well, what, what kind of water is it? Is it a stream? Okay, well, look at the stream, look for sign, check for sign. Maybe I'm hunting antelope. Maybe it's an isolated water hole. I go there, I look for tracks. I look for trails going in, any kind of sign saying they're using this water. And that's where I'm going to pick, okay, now this is a productive water. I found the animals in the area. I know they're here. I know maybe there's a certain kind of animal that maybe I saw a big buck. Maybe I saw a big bull. I know there's animals that are using this. This is going to be a place to set up. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on FishingBooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at FishingBooker.com to book your trip today. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time. Seafoam motor treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. It's really simple. When you pour it in your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. 
I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can in your gas tank and let it clean your fuel system. You probably know someone who has used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. People everywhere rely on seafoam to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way that they should the entire season. Help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. So now the next step to hunting water is having something that hides you from whatever is coming in. When it comes to antelope, ground blinds are the best. Pop-up ground blinds, in my opinion, are the best. I've hunted a lot of antelope on water holes. I've done every kind of blind. I've made blinds uh, with friends. We've brought, like made full brush blinds that take <laughs> five-man crews and full weekends. And then I've used just like pop-up double bull style blinds or whatever. And I think that the pop-up blinds work just as well. Now there's a couple things when it comes to pronghorn that, I mean, I've actually seen antelope in the distance, gone out, set up a pop-up blind and then just had them come in. Their eyesight's so good, but I don't think that that shape, that whatever really bugs them very much. So I think the pop-up blind's really good for antelope. Now when it comes to elk and deer, I think it's a little bit opposite. You kind of have to have it brushed in. I think actually building a blind is a little bit better or even going blindless, but just um, cutting a bunch of vegetation, building something up where you can sit down, be out of sight, be downwind. And then when they move in or when they're drinking and when they aren't looking, you can use that opportune time to raise up, to shoot, to do whatever. It's not as effective with antelope because their eyesight's so keyed in and generally where you're hunting pronghorn isn't as brushy. So that's the nice thing about deer and elk is they kind of tend to go to those water areas where there might be a little bit more cover around. When it comes to antelope, pop-up blind is probably going to be your best option. Now you can also, for deer and elk, um, there's a lot of places where I'll hunt over water and, you know, good time to put up a tree stand or whatever. It's just finding some way to hide and conceal yourself. There's a lot of times for elk, whether it's a wallow or whatever, where I'll just move back 20, 30 yards from the water or wallow and sit on the ground, put my back up against a tree and just sit there still and have had animals walk right past me. I've taken plenty of animals that way, just kind of sitting. Even sometimes I'll go and check different water holes or whatever, sit on the ground. That way I don't have to bring anything in or don't have a whole big setup process. And the key is just with anything, get downwind, get downwind to the water or downwind to where you think they're going to come in. Now, a big topic, I would say, especially this year, a lot of places is a drought. You know, there's a lot of bad things when it comes to hunting and droughts because during the springtime, that's when most of the water, you know, and most of the antler growth happens. So droughts do definitely affect the antler growth of animals in the area. They can be detrimental to populations, especially if they get really bad, um, you know, in places with the white tails and stuff, seems like EHD kind of kicks up when there's a little bit less water a lot more standing water, a lot more stagnant water. There's also, you know, limited resources. So you might have cattle in an area, but the cattle are all on the water hole or, you know, in a lot of places, the cattle aren't so bad because they've got their own water troughs and other things. But the wild land where you're hunting deer or antelope, the wild horses just hammer the water sources in the drought and they get really aggressive toward 
a lot of the game animals and the game species. So they chase them off and, and then you have some die offs with enough drought and not enough resources to go around for everything. You have a lot of die off. So in that aspect, droughts are bad. In another aspect, droughts can be really good because you can use it to your advantage. You might say like, well, how is something that's bad can be good? Well, if you think about it, when there's a limited resource that animals need, all you need to do is find that limited resource. If you find the water where there isn't very much water, it really helps you narrow down where the animals are. And it also gives you a really good spot to sit to hunt water. You're going to have more activity during the daytime because there's going to be more competition, more animals interacting with it. Uh, It's just going to be overall more effective hunting. So during a drought, I actually tailored my hunting and my scouting and my e-scouting based on looking for water. It's one thing, it's like anytime you can narrow down something that those animals need to a certain place or a certain spot, whether it's a, a, a full timbered mountain and you're looking for that one area feeding, or maybe it's a really open area, but you're looking for that area bedding. Maybe it's an area that doesn't have a lot of water. So you're just looking for that water, something that those animals are going to be tied to. If it's water, it's a concentrated spot and it makes it a really good place to set up an ambush by either blind or lying in wait, waiting for those animals to go to water. So hunting that water can be super effective. Uh, If there's less water also, generally during a drought, it's pretty hot. Um, you aren't getting that weather, you aren't getting that cloud cover as much because that cloud cover starts to bring that rain, starts to bring that water. So when it's really hot, it's kind of like this cycle where if it's hot out and you've got a drought, then the animals need more water, but they've got less water. So they keep going to the available water. So one thing you can do is, you know, identify where the waters are and then where other potential waters are. As the waters start drying up, like on my antelope hunt, Three of the four waters, I think, that I had planned on hunting were dry. One was available. But because of that, that's where the antelope were, and it concentrated them on that one water. Now, there must have been another water somewhere else because they weren't all hitting that one water every day. But um, knowing where all those water sources are really helps you focus in and be a lot more successful sitting that water because there's times where if there's water all over sitting water is not a very effective way to hunt. You could sit in one place and never see a deer and elk come to that water because there's too many other places that they're using. So that's why it's really important to pick the right water, finding good activity, you know, have that blind or whatever brushed in so they aren't going to see you. Or if it's antelope, don't even worry about it, but just have something to obstruct the antelope from seeing you. And then think about strategically hunting water during a drought and focusing in on water sources. Now at the end, we kind of touched on drought, but really one of the worst things about dry years is wildfire. So as we prepare for elk season, it's coming up. September is just about here. Like I'm pretty stoked on it. I've got a tag that fires off September 1st. So I'm going to be in the elk woods and I just want to kind of touch on what you should expect when that smoke rolls in on a hunt because there's going to be a lot of you out there that are going to have smoke-filled hunts and it's a terrible terrible thing (laughs) i mean it's one of the worst things when it comes to western big game hunting and something that we have to deal with so i definitely want to set expectations right and also give you a few tips on things you can do when that smoke rolls in and ways that you can try to make lemonade out of lemons 
I appreciate everybody tuning in, listening, all the great comments, all the great feedback. If you've got questions or whatever, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Remy Warren, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. Also, there's just been some really great comments and ratings. So if you like the podcast, feel free to drop a comment, leave a rating, whatever you guys want to do. But until next week, uh, this I'll just say sit tight. Sit tight. Or should I say grab a drink? Grab a, grab a drink. No, sit tight. We'll just stick with it. Man, one of these days I'll find a good sign off. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit markethouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY.